0: Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Esterbrooks. Our teacher is my long term friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. So, Jim, you're a teacher. Tell us, why did Jesus use so many questions when he taught?
1: That reminds me of a story about questions told by Tony Campola. He once described the difference between his Jewish neighbor's mother and his Italian mother. The Jewish mother called from the door as they left for school in the morning saying, Abe, did you remember your books? Tony's mother would call out, Tony, don't forget your lunch. Supposedly, a Jewish parent upon the arrival home of their child from school never asks the typical Gentile question, what did you learn today? That's a cognitive issue. Instead, a good Jewish mama asks her child, what good question did you ask the teacher today? Jesus was Jewish. He knew how to both ask good questions and answer questions from those around him. Richard Rohr wrote a book, called The Questions of Jesus. He says in his foreword, I am told, for example, Jesus has asked 183 questions, directly or indirectly, in the four Gospels. Do you know that he only answered three of them? The others he either ignored, kept silent, asked them a question in return, changed the subject, told a story, or gave an audiovisual aid to make his point or told them it was the wrong question, revealed their insincerity, or made the exact opposite point, or redirected the question somewhere else. So, Paul, before we look at some of the good questions Jesus asked, do you remember any of the three questions Jesus answered directly?
0: Well, at Jesus' trial, Pilate asked Jesus, So, you are a king, then? And Jesus said, Yes, I am a king. I was born for this. That's found in John eighteen thirty seven,
1: Right. And the second one was more of a request than a question. His disciples asked, Lord, teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, this is how you pray. And he taught them the Our Father, Luke 11, 1. And to test him one time, one of the Pharisees put to him a question, Master, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, you must love your Lord, your God, with all your heart and all your mind and with all your soul. And the second is like it, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. 36. This one question he answered directly and forthrightly. So the lesson is to discern the heart of the person asking the question. You almost have to finish the question before you answer. For example, Cory Tenboom had Nazi soldiers come to her home during the Second World War, and asked, do you have any Jews in your home? She knew their heart and their plan. So even though she was hiding Jews in her home, she answered, no, I do not have any Jews hiding in my house. And then silently, she finished the question that you can come in, find, arrest, take out, and execute. She finished the question and considered the motive of the questioner. In some cultures, questions that begin with why are considered difficult because they imply questioning the wisdom of something. For example, why did Jesus not answer the person's question directly? That would be interpreted as implying that Jesus should have answered directly instead of the way he did. Also in some cultures, it is considered insulting for a student to ask a question of his teacher. One Western adult educator tried to generate discussion with a question. A student replied, Why are you asking us? Implying that he was doing something improper. You are the one who knows these things and you should be teaching us about them. (laughs) One needs to know the culture in which one is teaching and how people use questions in that culture. A good question reflects the spirit of man's search for truth. I had to learn the art of answering a question with a question the hard way. When our family moved to Jerusalem for my doctoral studies, we were initially appalled at the bluntness of Israelis in asking personal questions. In our culture, these personal questions would be deemed rude or inappropriate. One Israeli friend who had been to America had a young grocery store cashier in Los Angeles greet her with the question, How are you today? Israelis regarded this as an inappropriate personal health related question. She promptly suggested that it was none of the clerk's business, especially a clerk she had never met before.
0: Great story, Jim. But before you continue, let me remind our listeners that this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. For a printed copy of this program's teaching, or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Okay, why did you choose Israel as a place to study?
1: Paul, I was repeatedly asked whenever I introduced my research topic, why did you come to Israel? With a name like Cunningham, the Israelis knew I was not Jewish, but was in fact a practicing Christian. Why then did I bring my wife and two sons and invest a year of my life studying adult education in Israel? No matter what I said or answered, they would not believe me and were suspicious that I was there as a spy or a missionary. After many futile explanations, I discovered how to answer the question in a somewhat Jewish fashion. I responded with another question. When they asked, Why did you come to Israel? I would answer, Does a woman ever wonder what it is like to be a man? The questioner would begin to stroke their beard and think about my question. Hmm, Does coming from as taught in the Torah cause a woman to wonder what it would be like as part of her understanding of self-identity? Does coming from Judaism make a Christian wonder what it would be like to be a Jew? If my questioner answered, of course... I would then add, perhaps that's why I chose to come to Israel. The questioner was satisfied, even though I had never had to answer his question directly. So why do we ask questions? There are four reasons for questions. To clarify, to understand, to challenge, or to encourage. We desire to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We want to know the truth that will make us free, and we want to do the will of God, which brings us joy and moral health. Good lawyers often ask a question of a witness for which they already know the answer. In essence, a lawyer can lead a witness by making them give answers to reveal the truth. When it comes to questions, most mothers are (laughs) honorary Jewish lawyers. That is why a well-crafted question is so valuable. The British parliamentary system has a daily question time, where the opposition challenges the government with crafted questions that one cannot usually answer with a simple yes or no. The answers provide a revelation of information or attitude or belief. Jesus knew how to both answer and ask good questions. Okay, Jim,
0: what's one of your favorite questions asked by Jesus in the Bible?
1: It has to be the question from a story in John 5. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish feasts. As he came near the sheep gate, there was a pool surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a significant number of disabled people were lying around, blind, the lame, the paralyzed, all waiting for an angel to come and stir the waters. The first person in the pool after the water stirred gained healing. So this one poor invalid guy had been lying around this pool for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for such a long time, Jesus asked him this question. Do you want to get well? John 5, 6. Do you find that question a little strange, Paul?
0: Of course, the invalid wants to be healed. That is why he's there. However, Jesus knows his heart. He made excuses. I have no one to help me into the pool once the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. That's in John 5, 7. The man is saying, I tried to heal myself, but I failed.
1: Exactly. So in reality, Jesus is asking, are you ready to quit making excuses and accept the consequences of what it will mean to be healed? The man would no longer be dependent on others and no longer able to make excuses. He would now be accountable for getting a job, earning his daily bread, and being a productive citizen. No more begging, handouts, or excuses. Do you want to be healed becomes a valid question. Asking and answering questions is an acquired skill that we as men need to learn in our homes and in our relationships. One author said, life is about discovering the right questions more than having the right answers. A discerning and inquiring spirit will make us a discoverer in touch with our deeper unconscious and the deeper truth, whereas a glib, I have the answer spirit, makes us into a protector of cliches. We want adults to learn and be actively participating in learning. But do we want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? That's the question that we must answer for ourselves. If yes, then we need to learn how to give an answer for the hope that lies within us to everyone that asks. Keep learning, keep studying the Bible, and keep asking and answering good questions.
0: Dr. Jim shared with me that he's had contact with men in a variety of life roles. Many shared concerns, fears, frustrations, and challenges at accepting the common changes imposed by aging, and the confusing changes within one's culture. Some felt so exhausted by the changes they just wanted everything to stop and return to normal. Most, if not all, of men's life roles are learned from other males who become their model. It is his and my belief that the most significant male role model for any man is Jesus of Nazareth, Son of God. We also believe that the Bible teaches principles a man might apply in fulfilling his primary life roles. That's what makes men alive. There you have it for today, men. We become alive unto God when we become conformed to the image of His Holy Son, Jesus of Nazareth. Do you know Jesus as your Savior and Messiah? That is the most critical question you need to answer. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Will you receive him today as your Savior? Let us know if you did so we can rejoice with the angels in heaven that you are now His child. For a printed copy of this program's teaching, or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim at Alive unto God at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be Men Alive, conform to the image of Jesus Christ.